Oscar Poker. I was talking to Phil a second ago, and now he's are you uh, there, Phil? Up again. Yep, Phil's here. Yeah, cool. Uh, Sasha, I, you know, I go into these, um, uh, you know, places, these little caves, and mood I just pocket. get stuff. You know, so if you're really no, no, a mood pocket is an emotional reaction to something. That you know, a cave is a uh, excursion into a story or looking into research or something. Uh-huh. If you're like have a you know want to go hiking or so you have a schedule in your day as we all do. You know, remember back in the 90s, people would call each other <laughs> when they wanted to get the other person's attention. You could always do that. You know? I know. I, mean, I, I should think pick. that way. It's so funny I don't. You're right. I don't. You know, I guess I always way, think of it as me, you, and Phil, and I always think. Way back in the Bill Clinton era. Oh, yeah. Telephone. No, you're right. I know I should. I should. Woo. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I just get lost, and I go into the No, email. it's okay. Don't, no problem. I just wanted to hurry it along because I don't want to oh, miss yes, my absolutely. little window. Right. You no. Know? Now, uh, can we talk about the Rolling Stones and Rice Krispies? <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, Mad Men, you mean? The the, yeah. the, the commercial. I didn't Did watch you, it yet, no. Did, mm-hmm. did you see it yet, Phil? No, I haven't. No. Well, I didn't know this. I thought perhaps that they were, uh, you know, they, they want the Rolling Stones to do a Heinz commercial. Don Draper and one of the guys. Right. The agency. No, I saw they the Mad Men. I just didn't see the uh, Stones commercial yet. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, to, for people who did not see it, they wanted them to do a Heinz commercial. The idea is they would take Time is on my side and make it Heinz is on my side as a as a jingle, right? So they go there to a, to a concert they're doing, and they're, and they're talking to some girls. And, and Don Draper mentions to one of the uh, fans that they see in the, in the hallway outside that they did a serial commercial in England three years ago. Now, I just listened to that. And I thought, okay, well, you know, you know, I, I digested it, but I didn't necessarily. I didn't realize that it, they actually did a cereal commercial in 1963. Hmm. Rice Krispies. Oh, it's and so funny. I and just I showed you. Put it up a little while ago. So yeah, before they owned the world, I guess they were doing commercials, right? They were looking to make ends meet, I guess. That reminds me of, um, you know, in that uh, Clint Eastwood movie, Jim Carrey has a small part, and then also Guns N' Roses is like the studio band in it. Mm-hmm. And it's before Guns N' Roses really became, you know, popular. But they're they're just kind of hanging out <laughs> and mm-hmm. playing in this in this Clint Eastwood movie. What is it? It's it's a Dirty Harry, yeah. Um, yeah. Sudden yeah. Impact or one of those, you know, later yeah. Dirty Harry the, movies. The Rolling Stones never thought they were going to be the Rolling Stones. I remember in the uh, the Martin Scorsese documentary, they got a hold of 
that clip where Mick Jagger said, you know, oh, we're, we're set up. We're good for another, you know, two years at least. Mm. So <laughs> I'm not surprised. No, wait a minute. Said, he said that when? You have to give context. In the, in the documentary. It was like in 19... Whenever. He was very young, like probably in his 20s when they were just starting out. And he said, That's you know... That's the context we're, we're, I'm talking about. You have to say he yeah. was young when he said... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, the, the hot... The, the only news that is of any real interest uh, is what happened for the second weekend with um, Hunger Games. And uh, the, the, the news is that it, it killed or beat... Um, um, Avatar. Yeah. Avatar, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think uh, of that, Phil? Was that predicted? Uh, is it, how how uh, high is Hunger Games going to go? I thought perhaps that the word of mouth would diminish it a little bit. I mean, it did drop, what, 65 70%? Of course it had to, given the phenomenal opening. But. Yeah, I mean, it fell 60%. In, I mean, the word of mouth is, is very good. It's very good. I, there's no yeah. bad word of mouth. Yeah. Um, or I, I wouldn't say there's no... I mean, it, there's some people that are kind of just shrugging it off and saying it's okay but it's yeah. not in any way you know some extreme hatred out there for it i don't think um and yeah we did see this coming because it's something that's uh you know adults are going to see it and they don't you know rush out opening weekend the same way that the, the twihards do um you know this is playing more like a um like a jim cameron movie almost in that Weird. you know it's it's finding its audience and um, it's, it's just not falling off a cliff the way that, you know, again, the Twilight movies did. Right. Um, well, no, this it's, is... it's playing the way Titanic found lots of momentum after it opened, and then Avatar really got going after the opening weekend, that kind of thing. There's one huge, massive, what the hell are you talking about element in that, which is that The Hunger Games isn't anywhere close to the realm of, of movie satisfaction that Avatar and, and Titanic delivered. Not even close. Well, well, not well, Titanic, me, but you could put it in the class with Avatar, minus the technology. Yeah. I mean, Avatar I had a really lame like story. At all. I mean, Avatar delivered in a very meaningful, cool way with four acts and a great payoff. And yeah, but uh, Avatar had absolutely zero edge. It was 100% sincere. And um, Hunger Games isn't like that. It has a little bit of an edge. It's, it's, it's creepy. It's ironic. It's, it's a weird movie. You know, it's not, it's not meant to hit every single emotional note like Avatar was, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's not a movie. I don't think it's going to stay number one, you know, like 10 weeks or whatever Avatar did. But the reason I say it's playing like one of those movies is that it's in a, a film, you know, that's, that's sci-fi that's, that is capturing the attention of adults. It isn't necessarily going after teens. And that's that's the kind of demographic that James Cameron really hits right on the head. And, um, you know, just, just one thing to, to keep in mind, too. Everybody started talking about this like it was the next Twilight it's bigger than Harry Potter. Forget Twilight. It's bigger than Harry Potter. Because um, yeah, because when you do the math, the first Harry Potter, when you adjust for inflation, that would have opened to 125 million dollars today if it it came out today and sold the exact same amount of tickets. Hunger Games beat that by about 27 million. So for a first film in a franchise to do that, it's the the potential here is pretty much unprecedented. Jesus. Um, and with a yeah, girl in the lead. That's so This awesome. is a mediocre film, fellas. <laughs> I don't know why you're so you're you're giving it you're getting excited. Are you do you, are you up stock in Lionsgate or something? Well, why you why do you care I wish about I did. This? I wish. Are you talking about me or Phil? <laughs> Oh yeah. my goodness! It's so great. You know the well, no, no, the, Jeff, you're, you're the, misunderstanding. The I'm not excited about the movie. That's itself. what Phil's saying. About, yeah, I'm excited about what it's doing at the box office. He's excited the about the itself. box office numbers. I'm excited yeah. about the film. So you can yell at me. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you, Sasha. Yeah, I don't wanna, I'm not going to be the one getting yelled at. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It, it really is, you know. It's a mediocre film that's just barely all right in some respects. She's good. I re- I've always She's liked great, and will always like Jennifer Lawrence. She's a pretty solid actress. But, uh, you know, sleeping in the tree with a rope tied around your waist, I mean, that was ridiculous. I mean, I don't uh, know. She made me believe it. Uh, I, you know, I, I would think so. Like, I, I was imagining putting, you know, how I said that uh, that um, Karina uh, Cochano movie would not have been good if you put a guy in that part? Uh-huh. It's the same with Hunger Games. If you put Kristen Stewart in that part, it's a total flop. Because she's too little, right? But, well, she's just not a good actress. And uh, Jennifer Lawrence is great. I mean, she's so compelling. You can't take your eyes off her. I was watching it thinking, I could watch Jennifer Lawrence do anything now. Uh-huh. I could see her in any part, in any movie. Because she kept my attention from beginning to end. I never stopped caring about her character. And she held my uh, my interest. And the film was... Good because of her, almost a hundred percent because of her. So I mean, that's that's quite something for a young girl like that to pull off in an action movie without, I, 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 without I you know being a sex it. sex object. She wasn't a sex object. No, of course you know? not. She was she was a she was a genuine hunter, warrior, hero figure. So, yeah. But uh, uh, you know, the it, it was it, you know to cut away from from what this film was about to 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 bleach it down to a PG thirteen at every opportunity. And to have that, that really tepid first act with those awful. That was Jay, the really Jay weak people. part, yeah. The yeah. first part, for sure. And Stanley Tucci, I mean, I, I, what a, I, I, ever, I always loved Stanley Tucci, and I was like hating watching his purple hair and that and Wes Bentley with that awful facial hair thing that he was doing. I All those of, guys oh. were, were, were non-starters for me. Like, I didn't like Woody Harrelson in that part and then poor, what's his name, Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Lenny Kravitz. Oh. oh. He was a mildly okay guy. He was one of the few elites who were uh, tolerable. But, you know, all the better for uh, Jennifer Lawrence to own the movie. You know, yeah. fine. I don't care if they fade in the background, you know. I, I like watching her be the star. You know, I really did. You don't, you're not really watching anyone else that's the truth yeah so uh there's a piece by the way um i should say just to digress a little bit from the you know the the myself and todd mccarthy the hollywood reporter and um andrew o'hare and, and manola dargis you know all, all mentioned or alluded to the the fullness of frame the uh lingering baby fat i didn't say any of this stuff i just said she's big bone she's not a delicate frail kind of Kristen Stewart uh, figure, but she's big boned. I mean, that allude that people think I'm, I'm saying she's heavyish. I didn't say that at all. She just happens to be healthy framed and she's yeah. like a lot of people. Well, so, I'll you know. tell you something. Um, I, I saw it with uh, two 13 year olds and, and the first thing they were saying to each other, I wasn't even interjecting was mm-hmm. she's not like, you know, they love the movie, loved it mm-hmm. and want to see it again immediately. And they love Jennifer Lawrence, but they did say right away, she didn't look like she was starving. She looked really well fed. She looked yeah. really, you know, uh, yeah. you know, Katniss is starving. Katniss is lean and muscular and, and, you know, practic and really thin and starving right. in the, in the jungle. She doesn't, she has to kill to eat. So yeah. they right. said that the movie got that wrong, but it didn't matter to them. Like, uh, in and other they words, completely, uh, they read the books, your daughter? Or, yeah, yeah, okay. they read the books. And, so and what, did you ask them? Uh, uh, I'm sorry to be logical, and it's not something you're supposed to mention when you talk about this film or the books, but why didn't, since they have uh, grass growing and trees growing, why couldn't they have vegetables growing? Why do they have to kill animals to eat all the I time? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? They're bad thing. Don't talk about that. That makes, you know, don't get logical. Here's, well, here's, I mean, 
Here's it's sci-fi, but but I, I agree with you. Within the con- confines of a film, the logic should make sense within that. Um, uh, I think that that you know when you're starving, you really don't want to eat a lot of vegetables. You want to eat protein because that builds muscle and sustains energy. I think if you're just sitting there eating vegetables, you're never going to be strong enough to fight. That's A. Well, B, no, you mix the two, you know, vegetables and protein. That's fine. I'm sure they had plenty of vegetables, but that but wasn't. They don't talk about them. them. They talk well, about sure, but because kill they, animals to eat. That's not, you know, that's. that's well, that's what, what you say, do right? if you're a hunter. If you're, a, um, you know, if you're if you're in the, you know, our our early ancestors just didn't sit around eating vegetables. You know, we gnawed oh, oh. on leaves for a little while, then we had to go right for the meat. That's why we developed spears. That's why our brains got bigger. You know, I'm not saying we're, we should be meat centric. I don't think we should. But um, when you're talking about starving, you're talking about life or death. Uh, a good cut of meat can last you a long time and sustain you and build muscle. Uh, but but, but just quickly the about the baby fat, I just have to say one thing. And I remember you look at people like um, Rita Hayworth, Michelle Pfeiffer, or um, who else? Um, some other actresses where, you know, they really, Angelina Jolie, they really come into their beauty and their, their face shape in their thirties. Mm-hmm. When they're young, everything's just kind of, you know, a little bit baby fatty, a little bit puffy, you know, they're still beautiful. They're still stunning. Elizabeth Taylor's another one. But if you look at pictures of them when they're first coming out in their twenties, and then you compare those with them in their thirties and you see how insanely beautiful they get after everything kind of settles in. Right. And that's Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, with those cheekbones, my God, wait, wait till she turns 30. She's just going to be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think baby fat is necessarily a, a, a um, you know, a diss. I don't think that. I, I just think that's what she is. She's young and she's fresh faced and, right. you know, yeah. she's beautiful. But so, so there's a guy from uh, Bill Zwecker. I don't know. You know, he's a Chicago based um, uh, TV guy and does Good Day Chicago and anyway he uh, wrote a piece for the Chicago Sun Times in which he did not speak to her directly Jennifer Lawrence but he spoke to a source close to the actress that one presumes publicist told me Sunday that the Oscar nominee Jennifer Lawrence had a sarcastic reaction to some of the critics of her Maghead movie who basically claimed she was too chubby looking too convincingly play who in the world would say that word chubby I certainly would never say that ever she totally anyway Jennifer Lawrence said this is hilarious first people say how so many actresses in Hollywood look anorexic and now they're criticizing me for looking normal yeah, good good one. But she doesn't yeah. look normal. She's too stunningly beautiful. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, good point. Mm. Smart girl. Yeah. But I, I didn't hear anyone complaining about that. If anything, they were complaining that she wasn't Katniss-like from yeah. the book's description of Katniss, which okay. probably right. is going to be a little more like, um, right. oh gosh, I don't know, um, Numi Rapace and the, the Swedish dragon tattoo maybe. Uh-huh. Or, I mean, someone who's really super lean and muscular. That's right. what, what you're looking for um, with Katniss. Right. But that doesn't mean Jennifer Lawrence didn't do a great job in, in the part. But mm-hmm. Chubby mm-hmm. is, you know, come on. Right. So, uh, Phil, you always go silent whenever we talk about non-box uh, office. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I didn't have anywhere to jump in. You guys, were, you guys were doing your thing. Well, what do you think about the movie? You saw it, right, with the crowd? Yeah, I mean, I probably should see it again. I went to see it at midnight, and I'll admit to not being as sharp and focused. Let me put it that way, as I as I should have been. I I caught myself nodding off a few times. Uh oh. Um, 
But I, I went like I said, I don't feel feel like I missed anything substantial no. or anything like that. But I do, yeah. <laughs> I do want to catch it again. Listen um, to him. He Phil Phil feels guilty for not being more excited by the movie, and he's kind of almost apologizing for saying, you know, maybe it was me. You know, I just need to see it again. No, he's I, right. I he was. He said he was nodding off, Jeff. Culture. I nodded off too at one point <laughs> in the beginning. I actually yeah. did nod off, uh, but you know. Um, it didn't matter. Once they started playing the Hunger Games, it was cool. It was a good movie. Okay. Did you guys happen to uh, um, uh, uh, talk to any uh, uh, people? Um, I know, obviously, you know, Sasha and her daughter, but uh, Phil, did you talk to any, um, you know, like women or, or, or friends? Did you see it with friends? What did they say? Did you- yeah, no, no. I saw it with my girlfriend, and she read the book mm-hmm. right before it came out, and um, she liked it quite a bit. And she's actually quite... She doesn't like violence in movies. Um, you know, I showed her The Godfather and, and told her when to close her eyes, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you're you know, kidding so me. She's, she's very... You, well, no, she's just a very sh- anti-violence. No, two things. One, yeah. you showed her The Godfather. In other words, yeah. she didn't want to... She never thought about seeing it on her own. You're, no, no, I've turned her into a, a bit of a, a movie buff now. Yay, <laughs> film. And it yeah, never yeah. occurred to her to maybe look at it on her own before she met you she thought it was more violent than it actually is you know most people just have this notion that the godfather is full of violence when it's really only you know four or five scenes that are really that bad um so once i told her that and once i said look i'll just right. i'll tell you what's happening and just close your eyes and, and that's it um but yeah so that, it kind of shocked me that that she was into it mm. um because, like I said, she's she, she's opposed to that. She doesn't like to see violence in movies. So, but again, it doesn't. It cuts away every time there's anything to be shown. It never really gets you into the face of violence at all, does it? No. But you could argue that that's even worse. I mean, you know, there's the notion that you know, if you leave everything up to the audience's imagination, uh-huh. that's worse than anything you could possibly ever show. Um, so, I would make the case that that doesn't really make it any less effective you know that's still yeah. pretty you, you know exactly what's happening there and, and imagining it is twice as bad i think right and actually, it wasn't <clears throat> sorry go ahead yeah no that's it it wasn't violence porn you know it wasn't the kind of violence we're used to seeing where it's it's done to stimulate the audience it, it was it was creepy it was disturbing i thought in this notion of teenagers killing each other like they never and partly because of jennifer lawrence's performance but they never really let you forget that that's what you're watching and that's what I thought was good about the movie. Um, in addition to it being a commentary on, on our society right now, which I think it is, and it functions as. But just really quickly as a, as a side note, Phil, when I was like 19, 20, my boyfriend turned me on to Sam Peckinpah. <laughs> and then later <laughs> I had another boyfriend turn me on to Jim Jarmusch and David Lynch. So let's hear it for the cool boyfriends who do <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I was only remarking, Phil, that it's yeah. it's not exactly a, uh, a kind of a uh, something you have to like showing her a Sam Fuller film or something from 1958. Yeah. That's one thing, but The Godfather is kind of iconic. I mean, you know, it's a it's on the level of Star Wars or Gone with the Wind. It's one of those things that everybody has seen and heard of. I was just surprised that you, that she took you, her her ally and partner in life, to get her to see it. I'm just surprised. Well, it's, I, like I said, it was the notion of it. it. It was her preconceived notion that this is this is really violent and, and gory and everything like that. And then, you know, once she got past that, she she thoroughly enjoyed the you know the story of it. You know, the collapse of a family and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but um, okay. yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah. Plus, so Jeff, I, we forget and I, and that I there was told are. I look like young Al Pacino then. Yeah, so. baby, that's awesome. You always want to look like Al Pacino. Ooh, yeah. he's a cold motherfucker in Godfather too, though. Are you gonna watch? Are you gonna show that to her too? Yeah, yeah. And then I told her that's it. We're not gonna watch part three. <laughs> forget part three. But part Everybody two is happily oh. ever after. Part three never happened, as far as yeah. my book. It just ended with Michael Corleone in Nevada. That's it. You know. It's oh fine. God, yeah. what a great movie! What a great performance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But my daughter today, I was talking to her, and David Lynch came out with Crazy Clown Time, his video, which just is so fantastic. It's um, the first time he's directed since Inland Empire, and it's a music video, and it's so great. It's so David Lynch. It's so funny and weird. you got to watch it, Jeff. Have you seen it yet, the Crazy Clown Time video? It's on my, my website. I just posted it. And, All right. Um, I, will, I will look at it and post it. It's Thank so you. creepy, and it's his song that he also is singing, and... Um, it- is clown spelled with a K? No, crazy clown time. And anyway, so Emma was like, you know, who's the, she always says these funny things that just blow my mind because she doesn't know yet. She's a clean slave. She's like, who's David Lynch? You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, David Lynch. You know, Blue Velvet. David Lynch. You know, like she never heard of Blue Velvet. Never heard of. And I said, oh yeah, you know, when you're old enough, I'll show you all the David Lynch. <laughs> She's yeah, not quite ready say, for you know to, to show her that. Like, yeah, don't. Can't, can't, you know, sixteen maybe. Sasha, before you show her David Lynch stuff, how old? Well, um, I don't know. You know, Blue Velvet's pretty hardcore, so I don't know yeah. if I can show her Blue Velvet till she's of age. But some of the other ones I could probably show her. Uh, Lost Highway, maybe. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty overtly sexual in the in that strip tea scene where yeah. um, uh, Patricia Arquette in front of Logia and all his gangster guys. That that's that's a pretty intense film. It's it's my favorite David Lynch movie is Lost Highway, but Blue Velvet is like you know Daddy wants to fuck. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how do you get get over that Dennis Hopper scene? It's like you can't unsee that. Yeah. It affects the rest of your life if you watch Blue Velvet. But it is such <clears throat> a brilliant movie, and he's so great. Um, but she was actually yeah. watching the Three Stooges today and laughing um, at that. So I thought that was pretty cute. The Three Stooges is sort of formulaic. Like, like you can't watch that without laughing. You just can't, you know. I haven't been given a chance to even look at the new version. Have you? Are you referring to the new version? No, the, the old one? ones. I probably won't even see the new one. I'm just, you know, give me a break. Okay. The old one was just the best. So. Okay. All right. Can I ask if uh, Phil, if you, uh, do you have a screening of the Titanic 3D sometime the day before it opens? Because they haven't shown it to anybody the entire month of March out here until uh, tomorrow night. Do you, uh, are you going to go see it, or are you just going to watch? I'm going to go see it, but I'm going to wait till it comes out. I'm going to see it with an actual audience. I want to see mostly. I want to see two things. I want to see you know how people react to a, a movie that's 3D and, and it's three hours. Oy. And I, and I just want to see how it looks in, um, mm-hmm. you know, I want to see if people walk out complaining about the look of it because if, you know, casual moviegoers notice that something doesn't look right on the screen, then you're in trouble. Um, so yeah, I mean, both those things I want to see. I don't, I'm, I have no interest in going to an actual screening of it. Maybe. What have you heard adverse about the 3D uh, from anybody or anywhere? What have you heard that's, that might be a problem with well, casual? I mean, just the normal stuff. I mean, Eber was bashing it, right, in Poland, that stuff. I mean, yeah. they, they came out, yeah. Yeah, bashing yeah. the darkness. And um, it was odd because, uh, you know, AMC is a uh, chain to be very uh, concerned about because they're known for not being the greatest chain, and and particularly the Sony projectors that they use with the silver screens, the um, the polarized um, uh, process. Um, 
And so I'm going to see it twice. I think I don't know if you read what I, I'm doing, but I'm, there's a thing called Panavision 3D that is uh, in, installed only in two Orange County theaters and some in, in, in uh, San Diego. But the day after I see it tomorrow night, at, uh, which is in Burbank, by the way, not even on the Paramount lot, um, I'm going to go down to Orange County and see it at this uh, Ultra Star Cinema in Anaheim. And that's where they have it in Panavision 3D, and, and they're giving me a pass and everything. And it might be a little bit better, I'm told, by these guys, uh, at least this one guy that I've talked to, whose name is James Bond, who's a, a projection uh, consultant. His name is James Bond. That's his name. <laughs> it's not oh, really man. James Bond. Bond. That's James Bond. Bond. <laughs> wow. He can't oh. Systems, and he's one of the gurus of really high-end, and you want the best projection, you're going to talk to this guy. He knows exactly what he's saying. He says that Panavision 3D is the way, is the best system that he sees right out there in terms of light and sharpness and clarity and all that. So. It's just, I mean, it breaks my heart what some of the, the theater chains are doing and, and the, how they're not paying attention to the light levels. Um, because, you know, I, I, you know, I go to the conventions like CinemaCon and everything, and they show things in 3d and you, you know they do it exactly the way it's supposed to be done and yeah. it looks beautiful it looks so good and then you go to a theater where attention's not being paid and it, it just breaks your heart and you know i'm i know it's going to be a big topic at CinemaCon this year and and people really need to wake up to it because it it is hurting you know the industry and it's you know these filmmakers are working hard to, to come up with a vision of 3D that's really inspiring and, and it's not being shown the way it's supposed to be shown. The Fred Lambert levels we're supposed to be seeing, according to the AMT, um, the AM, um, SMPTE is 14 foot Lamberts and the average in a theater is maybe 8 or 9. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's, yeah. So it's just uh, it's just not what you're supposed to be seeing, and and it's if you're uh, a, a driven fan who goes to the best theaters or sees it at the Academy, which has wonderful light levels, as, as Sasha can tell you, or, um, or you know, the choice houses back in the city, in New York City. Uh, but most of the time, you don't see the movie that, that, they, that they made. You're seeing a, an approximation of it, not a bad one, but not that great one either. So. Hmm. No, I mean, I mean, you knew there was a problem when, you know, Clash of the Titans, they did that crappy conversion mm -hmm. and you had tons and tons of people saying this looks too dark. I mean, mm -hmm. these are people without trained eyes. You know, they're not mm -hmm. watching 100 movies in theaters a year and they're they're noticing it. It's it's just bad. It's just bad PR and it, right. it's terrible for 3D because so much money has been invested into, you know, digital cinema and, and making sure the 3D happens and to see that break down because of skimping on light levels, that's, that's just yeah. a Sad thing, yeah. I just, by the way, I have a friend who's running this. Is it? It's called CinemaCon, right, Fred Pill? Yeah, yeah. And I, I've never been to this, but I've decided to go this year. And I, I'm going to go on the cheap. I'm going to drive up, and then stay at some flea bag place outside of the. I'm not going to stay in a nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to see if you guys wanted to go because yeah, I thought I'd like to go. Yeah. When is it? Yeah, it's at end the, of April, end of the month, yeah. right before oh, camp. Oh, is it too late to get credentials? No, but I can uh, help you, Sasha, because Mitch Newhauser, who I used to work with back at the Film Journal in the '80s, he's the one who runs it. He's he grandfathered me in today. So oh, I can get thank you, Jeff. That well, would yeah, be so and nice. Sasha, we're we're the official magazine of NATO too, box office. So oh. we can, you're you're well connected here. Oh, fantastic! Call, so, yeah, so I'll I mean, just write to the guy and and mention, name drop both you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because that'd be really cool. We could hang out in Vegas. 
Yeah. I'd love that. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's just the big product reels. Now, usually, don't they show at least one full feature, or do they, or is it all uh, product reels? No, there's like th- uh, there's probably going to be three or four. They usually show uh, one at least one a day, one new, and it, it'll be the summer stuff. And you can kind of get an idea right. what's going to be shown already because they've announced who's showing a movie. So like. Yeah. Right now you have one of the days, it's a Disney reel and then a Disney screening. I'm betting it'll be probably Dark Shadows, just based on, you know, what's what's happening. Um, and then, yeah, like Warner Brothers has a thing. So they'll, you'll see, you know, new Dark Knight footage. Christopher Nolan will right. always shows up to these things. Right. Uh, Todd Phillips. It's, it's really cool, Sasha. It's and would you think Prometheus possibly? Or at least a good chunk of Prometheus? What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. As long as um, and Fox, yeah, Fo- I don't see why Fox wouldn't have a presentation. I haven't looked at the schedule in a while, but yeah, if, if Fox has a presentation, you see do. a chunk of that, or, or that could even screen. Um, I don't know if Fox has a screening yet, um, but I know Disney has a screening and Warner Brothers has a screening. I don't know what Warner Brothers would pick. Right. Um, something, something in May or June. Um, obviously not Dark Knight, because um, that would cause a, a small, you know. And can you tell me where uh, where do you stay, Phil, when you go there? To well, I think we're still trying to get into the um, the place where it's being held, Caesars. But I, right now we're booked at we have a we have rooms at the Flamingo, which is right across the street. Um, okay. And what do you so, pay? Yeah. If you don't mind me saying. Um, I think it's like it's a pretty good rate. I think it's like seven, eighty, ninety a night, maybe. So you can you don't have to don't think that you have to stay like far off the strip, Jeff. You can probably get. You know, decent rates because it's you know it's during the week and the the rates at casinos during the week are a little bit better. Okay. The week, so don't don't panic and think. Okay, you know, take a look at all the casinos that are nearby and, and see if you can get some kind of okay. deal before you book too far off the strip because you know it's not as it's a, there's so much going on during the course of the day that if you want to be filing during the day, mm-hmm. you need to be close. You don't want to have to like take cabs or anything. The cab services there are obviously great, but right. um, you know you don't want to have to do that if you don't have to. So. Um, that's that's awesome. Are you going to go for the the whole like how many days are you going to be there? I for? thought I would go for the nine yards. As long as I'm going and I can be there and see product every day, I thought Monday night to and then leave Friday morning, come back. Friday okay, morning. sweet. Yeah, because I'll be there for the duration. So yeah, mm-hmm. we'll definitely get together. And Sasha, I hope you can go as well. I want to try to go. I really want to go. It'd be fun. We could reenact scenes from the um, Hangover, and I could say, "I'm not getting a, a sig on my beeper." <laughs> yeah, I, just ask. Talk to talk to Ed Douglas and James Rocky and. Um, Seriously though, Phil, it's totally the about, Hangover part. About too. What Phil Contrino is like in Las Vegas. I destroyed their, <laughs> their next day. I, I, I took them out and I made them do Jim Beam shots about seven of them. And every, oh. and every time we had to toast the box office, and the next day they woke up and they were, you know, you know, totally hungover, and I was fine. Oh, it's so they, funny. And there was so a chicken yeah, we'll, clucking around the room. And yeah, yeah, we'll have we'll have a really good time. And I'll say, is this the real Caesar's Palace? <laughs> Is that a line from The Hangover? Yeah, All right. All right. Uh, well, that sounds great. I'd love to do that. You know, it's not even that. Um, it's not even that expensive to like register. You know, to get in with a pass. It's like five hundred bucks or something. Yeah, I mean, if they don't, if they can't give you a media pass, and you want, there's a distinction to be careful because what what kind of Jeff? Do you have the admit one pass, or are you just a registered press member? It's a full press thing, is what he told okay. me. All right, good, good. Yeah, because there's there's a distinction. The one's called admit one, which means you get to go to the screenings and the and the lunches and everything. Right. And because uh, the lunches are important too, because like Lionsgate, I think hosts one of them, and that they show their reel before the lunch, so right. you want to you know go to those as well. Um, yeah. 
and then you, you you need that pass to get into the screenings and, and all the uh, the real well, presentations. Explain what the two different passes. I'm not following. It says uh, admit one. The one, one is basically pass. for because um, it's you know it's a it's a basic its main thing is technically supposed to be a trade show. So that they the other pass just gets you onto the trade show floor and, and the trade What's events. What is it, the what is the gen- generic pass called versus the one that gets you? It's the- called like um, working press member or something like that. It just has a generic. Okay. Um, a generic thing. And so, what's the good pass called? Um, admit one. It's you're, you're a fully credentialed admit one mem- member. That's that's what okay. you want. That that gets you into everything. Okay. Uh, so yeah, just you know, make sure that you have that, or else you're not. You know, there's no point in you going because right. you won't be able to see the good stuff. So. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll cool. make sure of that I sent I sent it this morning. If you want me to try and get you the pass, Sasha, I can. I well, that can... would be great, Jeff. I'd love it. I'd totally yeah. come to do that. Yeah, that would be cool. We could have live from Las Vegas. Yeah, you know, we could. Las we could Vegas. Caesar's Palace, the Hangover Part yeah. Three. <laughs> <laughs> cool. yeah. All right, that sounds good. I've stayed. I've stayed at flea bags in Vegas. I don't have any, but if if you say it's only eighty or ninety, that's not too bad. I could certainly afford that. So yeah, like I said, shop around. Don't you know. Try all the casinos out and, and haggle with them a little bit. Make up some bullshit about how you know you you've found a better price at another casino, you know, right. or something like that. And yeah, you should be able to get in, in into a decent spot. So that's so, so cool. Nice. So, so have you guys seen? Uh, I want to ask Phil about the coming weekend, but have you guys seen the wonderful uh, trailer for the Aaron Sorkin thing that popped up? Yep. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I, I think that looks wonderful. I can't. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. I'm going to write a certain party who's connected with that and say, can you please, please let me see, you know, the the, the, the pilot at least, uh, which has been done a long time ago. Apparently that was done, was it last summer or something? I mean, it's it's been done for a while, and the series itself has been, I mean, to my knowledge, they haven't shown that any, to anybody, have they, the pilot up for this? I Not that I know of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I haven't heard anything about it until the trailer dropped, but that doesn't mean much. I think that what it's just great to hear Aaron Sorkin uh, talking in his voice through Jeff Daniels, and he and the and the and the, uh, the girl that says, "Can you can you tell us about why America is the greatest country in the world?" <laughs> and he finally loses it. And he says, "Listen, listen, sweetheart. Just in case you accidentally find yourself in a voting booth someday." <laughs> I yeah, mean, I think it's, it's, it's great. You know. It looks like a great show. Yeah, that and uh, Sasha, you posted about that other one with Julia Louis Dreyfus. That looks great. Oh God, the, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Which one? From the the, the one from uh, the guy who did In the Loop. You know Veep. where? Oh, the Veep. vice president thing. Yeah. That that's yeah. gonna be wonderful too. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. for. So. And that's sometime this month, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it? I think it's April. Um, yeah, I think it comes out in April. But she's so funny, and the. Uh, Ian Uchi is such a great writer. He's so talented. and You can tell that the same type of writing, like that guy that says, uh, I'm from the White House, you know, I can just come in here and say, so what the fuck you guys do? Yeah, exactly. And she's like, this thing's been pencil fucked. <laughs> pencil fucked. But um, that's going to be hilarious. I love it. The only thing that bothers me about Aaron Sorkin, and you know, I'm a huge fan, obviously. I love the guy. But, um, you know, it's it's funny. It's like a psychic massage for, for like-minded people. You know what I mean? Like it does. It feels good to hear that stuff be said yep. because everybody thinks it. I mean, not everybody, but a certain type of person thinks that. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's sort of like what Sorkin's TV stuff always does. It preaches to the converted, you know, already. 
but um, nonetheless. I, I'm, I, I don't, I'm actually a conservative. I just seem like a liberal because I think that tornadoes are caused by <laughs> natural meteorological factors as opposed to gay marriage. <laughs> right. That's really great. I just, I'm just, happy just, to be, to get my own psychic massage. I'm waiting for that. So <laughs> I'll go to the still intellectual spa of Aaron Sorkin <laughs> and have him tell me what I think I already know. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it's particularly poignant because he is talking about a news guy and the news people have to, you know, really serve up a, a plate of bullshit every day. And it probably bothers them considering they studied hard and they worked hard to get where they were. And now it's just about patting, you know, Dumbo American on the head and saying, everything's going to be all right, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. So, from Phil, you didn't happen to see, I know you don't like to do press screenings if you're going to get, get around it, but you didn't see. Uh, damsels in distress by any chance, which is opening on April sixth this coming. No, I haven't, but that was one that I would have went to a press screening of actually. But I, I'm really looking forward to that because I like Whit Stillman a lot. I'm glad to see he's back. So, did you like it? Did you see it? I saw it in Toronto. Yeah, is it any good? I it didn't get me. I thought it was really too, too arch. I had this kind of mannered arch feeling to it. I thought it was over overdone. I did. I wanted a little more the way people really talk. And he, I understand he's a stylized. Uh, uh, filmmaker, yeah. he you know he creates a kind of a, a personality for his films. Everybody f- conforms to that personality, and it's very smart and very arch. The way the the younger kids were back in Metropolitan, and his best, which I think is Barcelona, but uh, I didn't believe it for some reason. I don't know what the problem was. Maybe if I try it again. Um, well, I mean, maybe he's just rusty. It's been what more than I think it's like twelve years since yeah. Last Days of Disco came out. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean. I'm not. I'm not surprised to hear that. That it's. Mm. It doesn't quite hit. So. But uh, he said to Karina Longworth, or she tweeted that he said there's uh, a new cut of it, and there's less anal sex in this cut than there is in the other. Mm. All right. <laughs> I wasn't huh. aware that that, that, was, that that was like uh, that's an odd thing to say to Karina Longworth or or whatever. But okay. Anyway, the. Uh, uh, so no, you haven't seen that. Have you seen the Morgan uh, Spurlock? No. no, no. That opens uh, wider in on uh, April thirteenth. I'm Is kind that... of sick of him. I, I didn't like um, the advertising movie he made. So he can. Yeah, I thought that was really like. When are we going to get to what's really interesting? And it, and you never yeah. did. It was just like what it was. Um, what if we make Jeff, a movie about selling. We yes. interrupt this program to bring you breaking news. Beep beep yes. beep beep beep. Um, I. I don't know if this is a joke or not, but the Cannes Film Festival blog is listing films in competition right now for the really 65th. And we've got um, The Burial, Terrence Malick, Cosmopolis, David Cronenberg. Um, I saw it on Twitter. And, oh, The Master, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, someone said it's an April Fool's joke, but... Um, I don't know. Just letting you know it's happening right now. And I know how you are. You like to post this stuff. So if you could just tell me if it's real or not, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> I... Well, it's the Festival du Cannes, FR, FR. Blog du Festival du Cannes. Yeah. Blog was... du Festival. I didn't know that there was a blog du Festival. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to send this quickly to, to Ryan to, to see if it's real. Um. But anyway, you guys, it's pretty pretty hot news. If so, this is exciting. Um, five hours ago. Five hours ago? Well, Watch I just saw it on Twitter, Google. so I don't know what the deal is with it. But 
Uh, here it is. The exclusive list of films in competition. I'm trying to see what that one guy said. Oh, here it is. Justin Chang. Is it April Fool's Day in France? Unofficial blog de festival de Cannes post phony if semi-plausible lineup. That's what Justin Chang wrote. Okay. Big house. So, the, the, bur- the burial. That would be good. Uh, and the Jacques Bourdieu would be would be excellent. Don't you think it would be appropriate to see the burial, the Arts Malik? Yeah, it would be great. But I, I just I would like to know if this was real or not. That's all. How do you, how does he know it's not real? Well, I'll tell you what I'll I'll do. Uh, I would write right now with Gerard and ask him what, what what's up with this. Who who generates this? Who's the author? Somebody who's with the festival who knows, or is it just some satirical person who just loves to throw the stuff out to shake people up? Um. What's wrong? Uh, what's, what's that there? noise? Somebody vacuuming in your oh, house? Oh, I'm Jeff? sorry. It's the it's the it's the gardener guy. Hang on. <laughs> Hate these guys, you know the the the, the guys who do uh, who are you know clean up leaves. They come in with these monstrous gas powered uh, things, and they and they you know. Oh, I see. It says ugly. La liste officielle des films qui seront présentés en compétition. La sélection ne devait être annoncée que, que le 19th of April. So he's saying the actual selection won't be listed till the 19th of April. Yes. But he's also saying the list, the official list of films present in the it, competition. Yeah. I wish I could read that first fe- sentence in French. It says an indiscreet brief filter of the official site yes. of Cannes. Right. right. Uh, Cannes. No, but the sentence before that. The right. sentence before okay. that. Un right. indiscretion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I won't make you guys have to suffer through any more of that. But <laughs> I think the first part is it's saying like I think he's saying he got a he got a glimpse at a tiny piece of um, filtered information on the official site. Right. But who knows? Do we know anybody who's Phil? Do you speak French? No, no. <laughs> I only speak it very, very, very little of it. But um, mm. it sure would be nice to know if that was true or not, huh? Just. Put it into Google Translate. Oh, good idea. Good idea. There you go. All right. Well, uh, Phil, the uh, other films that we haven't seen, I've seen The Hunter, the Willem Dafoe. It's a minor film. I appreciate it. There's the only one that seems to be, um, there's uh, ATM, which is a small kind of uh, action uh, thriller about three people kind of stuck in an ATM kiosk. Uh, And uh, then there's American Reunion. I finally, I saw that. Have you seen that, Phil? No, is that how did you like it? I, I'd have to expect you to be not a fan, probably. Or is it any good? I'm that predictable, I guess, aren't I? I'm a predictable <laughs> person. <laughs> well, what did you think? Did you like it? I will give you a glimpse of, oh, I will read you a glimpse of yeah. my uh, review, which I wrote. Okay. Uh, the day after I saw it. Okay. Yep, go for it. They said, so what do you think? No, I don't think we can review this until the Wednesday, I think it is. That's the, when the deadline thing. <clears throat> I sat there like a granite tombstone on a cold and windy November afternoon in a cemetery in Falmouth, Massachusetts. 
Ouch. How's that right. for a nice descriptive thing? Yeah. The, the, well, the formula is give the fans of the film, or the fans of the original film, and the, and the subsequency. This is the fourth one, isn't it? There's American uh, Wedding. Well, American... yeah, the fourth theatrical movie. Yeah, yeah, you could say it's. They've had a bunch of the crappy straight to DVD ones, but yeah, I'd consider it the fourth movie. Is one of them? Did one of those other two sequels go straight to video? No, in between. Well, they made American Wedding, and then after that, there was a bunch of just cheap cash in American Pie Bandcamp and American Pie This and American Pie That. The the only true cast member that was involved in it was uh, Eugene Levy. Everybody else was missing. All right. Um, and then, uh, now they're finally coming back and you know doing an actual movie with the the actual cast. Well, so. The formula is give the fans of the original film the ones that you everybody loved that you know. Many people. It was a huge hit. The old raunch, which is what you're going to. You're going for raunchy sexual stuff to happen. But keep in mind that the characters are all in their early 30s. And it's about, you know, have to, how do you deal with your, 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 your heritage and, and still, you know, obviously being, uh, having uh, sexual frustration in, in relationships and, and, you know, with the kids, the sex goes way down the, the, goes down the tubes. And uh, except for Stifler, who's the perennial 16-year-old who never gets older, who never learns a single thing, which is, you know, kind of bullshit. Because even the most unregenerate uh, party hound who has no sense of uh, development or any, any interior spiritual development of all, they, you know, you always see a little bit of a change when a person's... 31 or 32 and they're going to go yeah yeah and nobody talks exactly and is exactly the same incarnation of the person they were when they were 18 or 17 and it's just it's impossible life doesn't let, let it happen but in the movies and in, in this movie stifler is the same guy with you know and he's just kind of a drag frankly to, to be to be around but it's basically i felt that this movie is just not funny it's one of the most tediously constricted exercises in conservative ultra-white, suburban, middle-class humor I've ever seen. Because it doesn't... It's so afraid of itself. It's so constricted and so terrified of how... Uh, what sexual uh, energy is and how it can upset the social apple cart. I mean, I said that, basically, Rick Santorum would probably find this movie amusing and agreeable because it so enforces his feelings about, you know, sex is the, is the serpent, the wild you know, dangerous serpent. You can't let it out of the cage because it's it's very, you know, it's a very pat, very safe, very middle-class thing. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's, wow. it's not funny, you know. I mean, it's about covering up, you know. Everybody, like Jason Biggs, you know, everybody has... You can see what they really want and what they're really thinking. They're frustrated. They're, uh, they're. He's masturbating off on his own with girly magazines while his wife is in the bathroom. That you know, he's uh, and it's and it's just broad, you know, physical humor. And you know, you're you're indicating with every fiber of your being what you really want. And then it's obvious that that's what you want. And then the person who they're sharing the scene with says, "Oh, that's what you want. You're 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 feeling this, aren't you?" And they immediately cover up. And they go, oh no no, I'm fine. I don't I don't really want to have another uh, have a teenage girlfriend or cheat on you. But it's obvious he does. But it's not ever dealt with. It's all about conflict and denial, and that's not funny. Hmm. That disappoints right. me. I mean, I thought they could really do something good with this. I was hoping that you know it, the series would mature a bit and, and they'd leave up behind some of the raunch and really try to make 
you know, a good statement about growing up. Because, I mean, the, you know, I grew up with these characters. They, they do mean something to me. I mean, I, the first one came out when I was, you know, right around the same time in my life that the characters were. And then the college movie, you know, the same thing. Um, you know, and they, and they meant something to me. They, I think they really captured what it was like to, you know, be living, be at that age and, and what you go through. So for, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm still 26, so I'm not in my 30s, so I don't think I'll quite relate to this one yet, but... Um, that's just kind enough. of a bummer. You're close yeah. enough. You're, you're it's the same. Yeah, it's the same post. You're, you're dealing yeah. with the same post-college things. Like, you have to change. You can't, you know, live I gotta tell you, five nights a week, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment where I, all he's doing is thinking about anybody else other than Allison Flanagan, Jason Biggs. I mean, he wants so much to have that uh, that that charge, that current, that, that transportation of, of, of some some hot, strange... You know, beautiful woman, and you know, secretly at least, at least in his dreams. So when it plops right into his lap, literally in uh, the end of Act One, what does he do? You know, well, I'll tell you, he 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 gets anguish and embarrassed, and he gets awkward. He doesn't really want it. It's so so frustrating to watch this film, and so unfunny. Mm-hmm. Allison Flanagan, by the way, who is um, his obviously his uh, girlfriend in the first one, and uh, and uh, you know they got the. He was born, she was actually born in 74, so she is now um, 30, what would she be, 37, 38? She was born in 74, so that makes her 38 right now. And yeah. 37 when they shot it. And he uh, was born in, um, Jason Biggs was born in uh, 78, so he'll be 32 this year. So she's got him for by about six years as it is. And she's Irish, Alison Flanagan, obviously. And I've got to tell you that... Um, the first reaction that you have is that he looks pretty good. He's, you know, filled out a little bit as anybody does when they get into their early 30s. But he's uh, he's in pretty good shape. He's not uh, living wildly or, you know, he looks okay. In fact, he could be 28 or 29 when you look at him. Yeah. Honest, honestly, truly, she looks like she's about 42, 43. Mm. You know? Because uh, some Irish people don't age uh, that wonderfully. She looks older. She looks like his older sister. She could almost... You know, she doesn't look like his contemporary, and it's odd that they, uh, that's just the way it is. It's just the way it's turned out. So, Tara Reid looks like she's definitely had work on her face. We all know she's had boob jobs, but she really looks like somebody who's had work. Uh, And Mina Savari looks okay. And uh, Rebecca de Mornay has a cameo in it. And they have her repeat the the line, Are you ready for me, Ralph, from Risky Business? But she's had so much work on the bottom of her face. That it's you're saying, wait a minute, that looks like Rebecca De Mornay, but is it her? Well, it must be her because, uh. and then when she says that line, you go, oh, it obviously is, but it really it's a toss up, you know? Is it a uh, digitally scrubbed version of what Rebecca, Rebecca De Mornay <laughs> actually like, or does it look like her? It's like it's odd. So, all right, so it says. Um... Mm-hmm. Google translated. Indiscretion was briefly a filter, whatever that means, on the official website of the Can film festival and was withdrawn in haste the official list to be presented in competition the selection will be announced april 19th and then justin chang writes if it's real i'll eat my beret from mo at all at all are still screening films and won't set lineup until april 19th so you're saying that the page that i am looking at right now and i haven't refreshed the page has been eliminated been wiped no, the page that this this page refers to has been wiped off of the official. Oh, 
Um, oh, in other words, there's this guy caught it and posted it, but it was taken down immediately off of the, the official site. But he caught it where? Within the uh, inner workings? That's of- what he says. He says he caught it within the, um, <laughs> it's all in French, of course, um, the inner workings of the, uh, the official site. Well, then I'm going to post it and say this I is am too. A, good, a good shot at it. It sounds like something that's worth, uh, you know, at least floating and saying maybe, you know. Yeah, on the cons official site and then removed. I mean, I love that the burial is, if that happens, that'll make it really interesting. That plus... Um, All of uh, them. God, it looks yeah. so great. So we've got um, the burial, uh, Terrence Mallet, Cosmopolis, David Cronenberg. Um, I'm just reading the ones, the well-known, obvious ones that everybody knows. Um Matteo Geron, didn't he do um, 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 the, uh, the 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 Naples one? The uh, you know the, the crime thing down from southern Italy. What's wrong with me? Gamora, didn't he do Gamora? Oh, I don't know. And then there's um, Wes Anderson, Moonrise yeah. Kingdom. There's um, right Derek C on France, The Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah, that's good too. That's all, that'll be excellent. Park Chan Wook, who's a great filmmaker. He's got Stoker. Yeah, and. Um, that's good. A Liar's Autobiography, The True Story of Monty Python's Graham Chapman. That sounds really <laughs> great. Am I good? Yeah. Um, I mean, some of these are just too obscure to be faked, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why I don't get what Justin Chang's on about, because to me it seems like this is this has got to be at least partially real, you know? Well, when he says, if it's real, I'll eat my beret, he means if it's officially shank- sanctioned and the final, final, take it yeah. to the bank, you can He says, if this is well, the official I'll... list, but I bet you it's pretty much official, it's just... I don't know for sure. What do I know? But I would guess that it's sort of like they're going to tinker with it a little bit here and there, you know. Um, Yeah. Christian Mungu, you know, he's he's one of my favorite Romanian filmmakers. He's the he's the he's the uh, 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 you know uh, what's wrong with me? I I can't remember that. You know, uh, uh, um, three months. Yeah, the the abortion movie. Three, two, one. Why, why can't I remember the name of it? I think it's four months, three weeks, two days. Four, three, go. two. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's it. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So I, I love him. So right. I got to interview him at the Four Seasons once. Seen him a couple of times since. Um, so the, I don't understand what the Mishima. The, is the Mishima a, um, uh, a documentary? I wonder. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember the Paul Schrader Mishima film? Yeah, sure, sure, of course. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be a dramatization of it, would it? Right. Well, anyway, uh, so we'll be posting those. Yeah, this for is great. This discussion, is interesting okay. news of the day. All right. Uh, so, what's coming up next week, Phil? And how much money do you think Hunger Games is going to make? <sighs> I mean, we're in such weird, uncharted territory. I mean, it's going to be close between. You know, American Reunion, Titanic, and Hunger Games. I don't want to say right now that Hunger Games has a lock on first place. I'd say it's probably the favorite to stay number one. Um, so, but I mean, Titanic really could blow up. I mean, right now we're thinking Titanic will end up in, you know, somewhere in the 40s, uh, American Reunion somewhere in the mid 30s. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Hunger Games, I think to win the, win, to win the weekend, Hunger Games needs at least 50 million. Or, or somewhere between 45 and 50 million to comfortably mm. pull out a victory. So 
I think it's why do you think that Titanic is going to make as much as 40? Because there's a, do you think there's a whole new generation of girls who were maybe three or four or five years old when it came out in 97 who really haven't seen it? Or do you think that, uh, what's the factors uh, behind? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's it. I mean, it's 100% a mother daughter kind of thing. You know, it's, you know, that's, that's what it's perfect for. And it's been blowing up on, on Facebook for months now. I'm talking about it's, you know, it's daily increases on Facebook have been more than the, the Twilight Saga, Hunger Games, and Dark Knight combined. God. On most days. So it's, 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 it's incredibly popular. So to me that says, okay, a new generation is discovering this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, the fans who already saw it, you know, five times when it was released in theaters before want to see it again. Totally. So it's, it's going to be huge. It, it has, it really- yeah. Among my daughter's friends, it's like 100% awareness. Like, you know, they all want to see it. They all talk about it, you know. Yeah, that's and that's what we're finding now. I mean, that you know, you have bridesmaids and you have Hunger Games, and it, you, if you have these movies that are that are aimed specifically at women and and treat women with intelligence, they do really well. Go figure, you know. Right. <laughs> it took Hollywood how many years to wake up to that fact? I um, know, huh? You know, so it's. Oh, yeah, I thought you were talking about Titanic. You were talking about Hunger Games. Well, no, I'm subjects. just saying that like that audience is underserved. Just women in general. No, I totally agree. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Jeff's favorite part. Yeah, um, it's just there's not enough for that audience. So now you're seeing the, this rush of female skewing things doing really well. So that's it. Hey, cutie, can I call you right back? Because I'm podcasting. <laughs> call you right back. Okay, bye. Sorry, back. So, so is uh, Emma seen it a couple times on? Uh, We're talking about Hunger Games or Titanic. I was saying that that Emma's friends Titanic. and they they have a hundred percent awareness of Titanic. That's what mm-hmm. I was trying to say. Were you saying that it was blowing up on Facebook, Hunger Games or Titanic? Titanic. Well, both, but Titanic especially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. Like Emma and all her friends. My weird seven year old niece has seen Titanic already like ten times and can't wait to go see it in the theater in 3d <laughs> so they're as excited about that as i can tell as hunger games did you happen to see a new york times uh, uh explanation of one particular frame from the very early parts of titanic and how it's explained it is explained very very specifically uh by um by people who worked on it what they actually did to enhance uh, this aspect of the frame and how they made Kate Winslet's dress made a little bit better than, you know, they had to adjust and and things like that. So it's really a lot of effort went into this. Did you read about how Cameron was told by an astronomer that the sky that you see at the very end in Act 3 when she's floating on the on the piece of wood, uh, it's she looks up and, and, the, and the astronomer said that's not the constellation, that's not what you would have seen that particular night. Hmm. And Cameron went back and reshot it. Wow. Wow. Well, unfortunately, he didn't use that same exactitude when he um, picked the paintings, that the modern art paintings, because those were, um, that was not, I mean, they, they might have been appropriate to the time, but they're, but, but, but those artists, Picasso, they, they weren't really discovered until much later as being like the great artists that they are now. And yeah, she, she would have. Oh, I, wait a minute. They, he, she, they were and I think one of those paintings that supposedly, knew him. He was, I know, but I think that the paintings that supposedly end up on the bottom of the ocean are actually hanging in museums. That was a mistake. I thought, Oh, I see. Because even if she was smart enough to get those paintings, even if we can make that leap of logic, um, yeah. It's still those the, the those famous paintings aren't aren't didn't die with the Titanic, you know. They're around still. 
So that, that's um, a good point. But, yeah, but okay. but at any rate, nonetheless, that doesn't matter because there, I don't think we'll ever see another movie with that kind of detail. Where I was watching it the other day, and I just, as an Oscar person who watches for tech stuff, I was just <laughs> completely blown away. I mean, it deserved every single tech award it won. Mm-hmm. You know, filmmakers do not take that kind of care and time with it. The only one who kind of comes close is David Fincher, who does, you know, sort of, you know, micromanage every little aspect like that right. and really wants, you know, to spend money so he can make things as good as they can look. Um, Cameron, he just knows how to make that money back, you know, and he, but, but that movie is, it's, it's second to none in that way in the text. There's just, he, no uh, he really came it. up in everybody's, uh, I think, uh, estimation with the dive to the Mariana trench. That was, uh, that was like one of the most mythical things I think any director has ever done. I mean, he really kicked himself up into the realm of legend when he did something like that. Hmm. You don't believe so, obviously. You mean this recent thing that he did that was lampooned on Bill Maher? Is that what you're talking about? Or it wasn't lampoon on Bill Maher. He was just making a joke that Jim Cameron needs to get a girlfriend. (laughs) That's Even though he already has a wife. He wasn't lampooning the dive. He was just making, you he know. He kind of was. Guys, obviously, <laughs> intensely driven, and he needs to get a girlfriend. That's all he said. He was saying that, that he's poked and prodded the ocean more than the conservatives <laughs> poked and prod a fetus around. He's saying, enough, Jim Cameron, enough. So, you know. But, um, but yeah. So, okay. So, Phil, what's your – can I just get a quick – guess as to how much you think Hunger Games will make in the end. Are we talking Dark Knight money? No. No. I mean, I think it has a shot at $400 million, and that's if it really holds well in the, over the next couple of weeks, but my guess right now is it's probably going to be closer to $350, $375 million. That's mm. just a mess. And that's a pretty, still uh, a pretty high take, right? That's that's huge. For, for, for uh, like, again, you know, I hate to beat a dead horse here, but, you know, for first movie in a franchise to make that kind of money, the, the sky's the limit with the, for, you know, the next one, you know, catching fire. It, that's just going to be huge. You know, forget about it. It's going to be, I don't even, you know, I don't want to make crazy things, but you know, it, it could be the first thing that approaches, especially if they do it in 3d, which I'm sure they'll probably end up doing. Um, you could be looking at potentially, you know, close to the first $200 million weekend for that based on how strong this first one was. Sure. So, you know, I don't think it's, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it's entirely possible. Yeah. All right. So franchises just, grow. back in the day, that would have been enough to get it a Best Picture nomination back in the 80s. And um, so I've been thinking that it might oh, be come considered. come on. Sasha, please. Can we just show her? This is ridiculous to even. How much ridiculous is it that Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close was named one of the best pictures of last year? How much more ridiculous is it to say Hunger Games might possibly be considered that movie? It's a mediocre movie. Oh, and and what was Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close? A bad movie. It wasn't even just mediocre. Sure, it had emotional highs. Like it hit you emotionally, you know. But so what? I mean, how. Well, I'm just saying, when are when are the Oscar voters going to pull their heads out of their asses and say, it's time that we have to look, we have to redefine what Best Picture of the Year means? 
What are they going to do? Are they just going to cling to their 60-year-old man mentality and still hold on to yesteryear? Is that what they're going to do for the next 20 years? You're saying that it's being more forward and more in the moment of 2012 to embrace I'm saying that when I was a kid, they they nominated movies like The Towering Inferno and E.T. and Indiana Jones, and they weren't so genre-prejudiced as they are now. Because oh. and Jaws, because they saw that popular entertainment didn't necessarily mean a bad movie. If if all of these people are going to see it and it, loving it, it who's to say that the critics are necessarily always right about what's a good movie and what isn't? You know, what I'm I mean? right right now. I'm right right now about the Hunger Games. It's not a good movie. It's not a. It's a mediocre film that's that's, that's not going to stand the test of anyone's uh, backward glance a year from now or two years from now. It's going to be. Um, I've seen way worse you know. movies be nominated for Best Picture over the last. 13 years. Way worse than Hunger Games. Hunger Games is being prejudiced against because it's sci-fi and because it's... I'm not saying it should get nominated. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's not totally out of the realm of possibility to discuss it. That's all I'm saying. Uh I know it's not an Oscar movie. I know it's never going to get nominated. So what? Why not talk about it anyway? I like to just try to open up the discussion so that it's not always the same old shit the same day until we get what we got last year, which was the Mitt Romney of Oscar races. Yeah. You know? The Oscars really upset a lot of people that would have turned on and and watched the show by, you know, ignoring the Dark Knight, especially ignoring the the last Harry Potter movie. You know, that I think was pretty... I, I don't like the Harry Potter movies, but to ignore what that franchise accomplished yeah. and, and how popular it was and just completely overlook it in, in major categories, that was a, you know, they, they're just showing that they're out of touch. And, totally. You know, and it was they, a joke. They, they have 10 slots. You know, put Hunger Games in. Why you know? not? Why not? Why not? Pick because a it's a really, really unwarranted uh, uh, inclusion. It would be really wrong and, and degrade everything even further, even I worse. I disagree. This I'm is, sorry. You can't so make that cheesy, argument man. after last year. You can't, do this. you can't. You can't make that argument after last year, Jeff. You just can't. When they when they nominate movies that bad, you can't make that argument anymore. What they're showing is they're not naming best picture of the year. They're naming best picture according to men who are white, upper middle class, over 60 years old. You know, that's the taste of the people right. that are doing You're the Oscars. You're making me sound like I'm defending and in, in bed with a 60-year-old. And I'm pleased. Yeah. I, I hate uh, the uh, conservative Again, and, and taste buds of, the, of that group. I'm I not really saying do. that it should be nominated or that it will be nominated. I'm saying that they need to start looking at what is all around them. And they're not, you know. Uh-huh. And, and I think, given the fact that a lot of the movies, a lot of the future of film is going to be effects-driven um, you know, big budget action movies like this one. If you're going to go down that road, I think Hunger Games is a lot better than most of them. And, mm-hmm. and I would not, if it goes up to 400, 500 million, um, who's to say that that shouldn't be considered one of the best films of the year? Give me a break. If it makes that kind of money, yeah. it should automatically be considered one of the best films of the year. Maybe not by the critic standards, but by the public standards. Who's buying the tickets? Who's 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 keeping well, Hollywood alive? That's a slippery slope, though, Sasha. Because I mean, you know, if you if you're going strictly on money, um, you know, then Transformers deserve. But I'm not going strictly on money. I'm yeah. saying specifically, very specifically, yeah. compared to Transformers, compared to Twilight, compared sure. to all yeah. these other movies, even compared to Harry Potter, The Hunger Games has a little bit more substance than those movies. You know, and I'd that's agree all. with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I 100%. Even though it's totally annoying to try to talk while Jeff is loudly typing and angrily oh, in the sorry. background. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was loud. I'm just typing. It's very thing. loud. Sorry. And it okay. makes it sound like you're not listening. 
So if you're not listening, I don't want to. I, I really gets me not want to listen when you start um, uh, talking about a film that is um, that is. Uh, it just doesn't have the chops. It doesn't have the. Uh, so apart from Jennifer Lawrence's performance, it's not even. You mean because it, it's not be, as good as uh, The Blind Side? Of, is that what you mean? Well, actually, um, I got to tell. I got to tell you, I, I I think that on a certain level, uh, with the performance of that kid and and to some extent um uh you know sandra bullock i, just, I didn't think that was too bad a film I, I can at least understand why people wanted to put it up yeah there. This and is- you know what it's ageist it's ageist it's like the academy are only interested in films that talk about old white people you know or, or, or the films and subjects that interest old white people it's like they don't care about what young people think is good they just don't you know and young people of the future sorry they're the ticket buyers, you know, and it's just it's insulting to always have to go like, oh, that's just my crazy old uncle. Those are the kind of movies he likes, you know. <laughs> I, I really hate crazy old uncles and that mentality governing things, but I can't stand mediocrity in films. And this is a mediocre. Well, I film. see what I see is eighty percent mediocrity in the Oscar race every year. Okay, that's what I yeah. see. So yeah. if you're going to go mediocre, why not at least go let it let in one that you're. That the that the younger women like, I see. Okay, well. why not? What's wrong with that? Theoretically, symbolically, nothing at all. Actually, it's pretty cool to do that. But it's a terrible. It's really not even close to being good enough to be nominated for for best. Probably picture. not. Yeah. Probably not. I agree with that. But I'm not going to do a Brad Brevet and shut down the discussion. Because look at it. It gets people talking. It gets people thinking. It gets people wondering about what defines best picture, what means best picture. you got to talk about it. You can't just shut it down and say, oh, no, my crazy old uncle won't like it. Sorry. You know? It's not a good film, period. I'm talking about Good. The, then let's talk about that, too. The, the eternal eye of the cinema gods, you know, the movie gods. It, it just doesn't. There are certain standards. There are certain uh, uh, strengths, the economy of expression, originality of expression, that phony, repulsive, cutting it out away to keep, give it a PG-13. Yeah. Well, it's, I really can... wrote, it's, it's really, really bad. It really doesn't deserve. And Disagree. you're just basically saying culturally it's connected in such right. a big way. Can you name me one movie? Even though it sucks. Give me one movie that has, that has commented on how American society has been warped by reality TV and by gossip sites and by this relentless desire to watch people rise and fall. Yeah. One movie besides Hunger Games. But Hunger Games is just a way of exploiting that hunger that people have for watching them, you know. Yeah, American right. Idol. It's just the same type of thing. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a so oh. that's it. That's what it does. That's what Hunger Games has that's exceptional about it. It really rang that bell for me, and I'd never read the book. So for me, it wasn't about the books. It was about the movie. It was about what it's saying about our culture. It was about holding up a mirror to how disgusting we are. Yeah, and there's you know? not one person in that entire elite city with their ridiculous 18th century French aristocracy haircuts and, 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 and garb that had the slightest trepidation or concern about uh, symbolically sending out kids to murder each other as a way of affirming... Of course not. Do you see not, that anybody no, no, in yeah. HBO or, or... Not HBO, but any of these um, reality TV shows that put up um, these disgusting shows about... You know, hick teenagers who are pregnant, or toddlers in tiaras, or mm-hmm. the people who you know lift up Charlie Sheen to godlike status and then and then just like let him watch him fall and delight mm-hmm. in that. 
You know, does anybody care? No. What do they? They just count the money. They just want to see how much money it's making. All they want to do is give the people what they want. Well, Hunger Games is saying, really, give the people what they want. Well, maybe this is what they want. And you know what? It's right. We do. We want violence. We want mm-hmm. stupid love stories. We oh. want to be served the kind of story we want, and we don't care about reality. And I admit that there's a lot in Hunger Games that isn't up to snuff, and that it could have been a hundred times better, better written, better directed. You know, maybe better acted. I, I laughed out loud when that kid was um, caked in mud in the in the um, in the hillside. I couldn't stop laughing. My daughter had to move like five seats away from me because I was laughing so hard. And I was thinking, you know, this was a good movie until that point. But by the end of it, I did stop and wonder. You know, it's making all this money. All these people like my daughter love it and stuff. So let's really just stop and think about things for a minute. Let's stop and think about who are the people who are deciding what makes a good movie and who doesn't. You know, and then the academies, like the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. They're so out of touch, you know. They're just not living in the modern world. They're really not. So, you know, I think it's worth talking about. It's not necessarily going to be, oh, yeah, it's the king's speech. It's going to win every Oscar. But it's... It's worth opening those doors, you know. It's worth airing out the, the stuffy old box. And that's my job. There are a hundred other Oscar bloggers out there who will tell you, nope, 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 you know. But I'm not going to do that. How boring, you know. Anyway. Boy, I, I, you know, when it comes to something like this, I, I, I would rush to be boring. I, I, I would be, I am boring because, you know, I, <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather be killed and be not read and, and have millions of, of under 25 women think I'm the worst asshole in the world rather than say that this movie is, is good enough to be considered one of the best of the year. I don't care how much. I, I never really said that. I just said that a lot of people were seeing it and paying money to see it. I sort of said the same thing about Harry Potter last year. I didn't run around saying Harry Potter was the greatest movie ever made, but it, it hit. It got all the good reviews. It made the most money of the year, you know, and not a single Harry Potter movie out of all those movies they made ever won one Oscar. So to me, that is embarrassing for them, you know, and the, 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 the Academy is just embarrassing. And guess what? It's only moving in one direction. It's not moving in the other direction. It's not, oh, yeah, let's have a million more movies like The Descendants. You know, it's not moving that way. It's moving the other way. So we have to start making the kind of movies that are going to be in theaters better. And we do that by talking about them as serious films. You know, I, I agree with you that it's laughable and embarrassing, and especially to, you know, my my crazy old uncle over here. But, you know, so what? So what? So people laugh at you for five minutes. Big deal. Mm. All right. And that's that. That's Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we heard about the can thing. That was the most exciting part of this whole podcast. Come on, I liked our fight. <laughs> That's my favorite part. I can't, I can't do this. This is too, you know. And I, and boy, you know. Well, how do you I, get 100 you know. comments on your website? You post something like that. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, okay. That's what happened well, I know, to me. I know that, you know, I, I am now on the shit list of lots of people because of ostensibly being one of the people that's saying that she's got some kind of size or weight problem, which I did not say, but they're, they're so stupid and they don't want to read and they just look at little uh, Twitters and, and, and little, you know, 140-character blasts and they don't care. They don't want to read anything, but I know that I became one of the bad guys in the, in the, in the um, eyes of a lot of the... I've got a lot of ugly stuff come at me from younger... from women, anyway. I don't know how old they are. When? Since I put up that thing about um, 
uh, well, not liking the film. They said my review sucks and I suck, you know. But but basically, the the whole thing about uh, my, <laughs> my having my having said that she's um, uh, she's got she's big bone, you know. They know what they, they they think that means that she's you know not not sexy enough or something, which I wasn't saying. I was just saying she's big. I love how big bone she is. I just think yep. she's gorgeous. You she's know? totally fine in my eyes. I would never, you know. She's co- totally cool, and she's not huge. She's just not dainty she's not you know she's not something you know a girl that you could break like a twig she's she's pretty pretty formidable so hmm. so now that i put everybody to sleep and you're asleep <laughs> no, I'm not asleep. five minutes ago he's on the couch <laughs> mouth open <laughs> no i'm just no. i'm like the uh the stepchild caught in the middle of an argument between two parents <laughs> Just quietly sitting in the corner, hoping hoping that it's going to end soon. We've scarred Phil for life. (laughs) The dysfunctional family that is Oscar Poker. I know. God love it, right? Love us, hate us. I get people like writing me saying, I'm jonesing for Oscar Poker. When's it coming out? It's so funny. So funny. Otherwise, I get a lot of of feedback, too. Um, And people... A woman from a, a Toronto newspaper tr- tried to interview me, and she said the first thing she said to me was, "I like listening to you on Oscar Poker." So, God, I know it's so funny. It, Someone wrote me people, and said, "I love your work, especially Oscar Poker." <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. Sasha, how did you manage to capture the text? Can I ask you? I did. Um, yeah, I did View Source. I did View mm-hmm. Source. You can do that, and you can just get the raw HTML code, okay. and then I put it into my browser in WordPress, and I just took the. Oh, okay. That, and then I yeah, put of course, it. View source naturally. What am I? I know about that. Mm-hmm. Even even I know about that. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking about. Thank you for That's doing that. That's how you do okay. that. That's how it's done. Yeah. But um, all right, guys. Well, we've certainly talked a long one. We we burst right. a long one this year, <laughs> this month, this week. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, all right. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we'll um, be seeing uh, you. Uh, are we going to put it up right. later today, possibly? We don't have to edit anything. I'll try. Yeah, I got to go for my run, and then I'm going to go do it. I'll I'll try to edit it really fast. So, okay. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Well, have a good Good rest of your week. Cool. Nice talking to you too. (laughs) Bye. You've been listening to episode 73 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com, and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Oscar Podcast. And the bumper music today was Honky Tonk Woman by the Rolling Stones. And You Ain't Alone by the Alabama Shakes. Thanks for listening. Somebody go!